welcome to Sparkler Podcast number 35. I'm Leanne Centaur, prose editor slash other editor at Sparkler. We have three guests on this month. We're going to go around the circle. Yeah, I don't count as a guest. This is just Rebecca. I'm making Leanne do the <laughs> intro this month. You're a guest in my heart, goddammit. <laughs> I'm at Leanne's house this time, so... Yeah, uh, she's literally a guest right now. Yeah. Yurka? Hi, I'm a Yugo, and I write Magical How. Hi, I'm Leah, and I'm the production head at Sparkler. So we've got a nice little mix of staff and creators on here. Yay! Yurika's been on several podcasts with us before, because not only are we huge Magical How fans, you are great on podcasts, so you're always welcome here. <laughs> And today we're going to talk about shoujo tropes, kind of exactly what it sounds like. I'm sure this conversation will devolve into all kinds of things. Part of the reason we really wanted Eureka and Leah on this podcast specifically is because they are working on stuff that plays with shoujo tropes a lot. In Leah's case, she's doing a project for Nani Remo that she actually pitched as the editorial speed date podcast a couple months ago. And then Eureka's series Magical How is... <laughs> kind of like a magical girl series if it was like all boys and super mean <laughs> so there's a lot to uh to discuss so um i think i'm gonna open the floor with we're gonna go around the room and say what is your favorite shoujo trope and what is your least favorite shoujo trope I, I, okay i know i don't have to define this for like 99 percent of our audience but shoujo is basically material made for girls uh between the ages of like 10 and 16 or so i'd say it's a um it's a japanese genre but we all know what that is so yes who wants to go first we can all take a second to think about our favorite and least favorite shoujo tropes yeah i know what my favorite one is it's the one that you oh, hate really? so uh, maybe my favorite trope is rebecca's least favorite trope what amnesia no i okay. do i do fucking love amnesia but i don't know if i'd call that a, a shoujo <laughs> no trope. that's not a usual shoujo trope. i'll let somebody else go first though uh so i can Oh, do you want to go first, Eureka? No, no, I was going to say you go first. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Darn, I was hoping you would go first, so I was like... No, 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 okay. no, no, no. <laughs> okay, I, I, will, I will start this then with my favorite trope, which may or may not be Rebecca's least favorite trope, which is kiss in the first volume <laughs> and like... Oh, yeah, no. The, the purpose of this trope is to show that there is going to be sexual content in a series so they'll have to cram a kiss in somewhere in the first volume just as like a signifier like don't worry people are gonna make out in this series at the very least <laughs> see it's it's <laughs> not that it's my least favorite trope it's that i don't like when it's shoehorned in without well this is the sense. thing the art of it is how do you cram it in there without ruining your love story because people are not gonna get together in the first volume they just don't that's not how shoujo works yeah i mean like like let's let's be honest i like skip beat which is like a billion volumes yeah it took about 35 volumes for anybody to kiss and i think it was on the cheek when it happened which is super <laughs> annoying anyway but a lot of series that are a little bit more sexy they'll put they'll put it somewhere like you know a really common one is let's say it's a guy and a girl the girl is meeting this guy for the first time he kind of crashes into her life either figuratively or literally Let's say he's sneaky, you know, he'll, like, she'll be walking down the street and he'll, like, there's bad guys coming and he grabs her and pulls into an alley and then he needs to either keep her from saying something or divert attention so he kisses her to keep her, like, quiet. <laughs> that I've read that about a thousand oh, God. times. I mean, but that, Every... one, that one is such a, that, that, that's, like, almost the level of giving someone an umbrella in the rain level yes. of cliche. <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. 
But I don't even care how it gets there. I just like that the kiss is in there because they're like, don't worry, they'll be making out. And to me, that signals to me, good, I'm in the, I'm in it for the long haul because I'm a pervert. And I, I need this. <laughs> I, I need the comic to tell me, do you have to wait 35 volume Skip Beat style for anybody to kiss? <laughs> not, I mean, not to put down Skip Beat because I love Skip Beat. I mean, Skip Beat's basically like a shonen that plays by shoujo rules or something. Yeah, it's like much. I wouldn't it's even like call the shonen it. of shoujo. Like yeah. it's structured like a shonen, <laughs> only the things they're fighting for are shoujo. Yeah. So it's kinda like a That's weird a hybrid. <laughs> and I would say my least favorite trope is <laughs> Okay. We're, I'm going back to sexual <laughs> tropes, but when the girl falls asleep in front of the guy and they're like, don't let your guard down in front of him. Oh God. Oh that one's so <laughs> creepy. It is. Because it implies that, like, how dare you fall asleep in front of a man? You're lucky he didn't sexually assault you. I think that is yeah. one of my least favorite tropes. Because I think when somebody is asleep in front of somebody else, you have so many great options. And I think, like, in, a, like, Western media, a lot of the time they'll have the drunk girl at the party and it's like he carries her home and puts her to bed. We were just watching that in Stranger Things the other night. I've seen that in a lot of uh, American movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, th- there's so many great things you can do that that show in a subtle way that it's like, no, this person would not take advantage of this person. They would take care of them when they're in need. But for some reason, especially in, like, Japanese shoujo, they always see it as, like, the girl asking for it. She's, like, drunk it's, it's or It's not asleep. even asleep sometimes. Sometimes it's, like, spacing out. Wasn't that yeah. in Fruits Basket, I think? Like, Maybe. Literally, yeah. she was, like, staring at a space with a goofy look on her face. And they're, like, don't let your guard down. It's, like, what? by daydreaming? <laughs> yeah. Like... Yeah. I, I really hate that. Yeah. There, there are one. ways of getting across this man will not take advantage of you without basically victim blaming you for being a human being who needs rest (laughs) i always hate it when that happens because like the moment that happens i'm like nope no Mm, no like it's gross and they'll put otherwise kind of you know positive things things that don't that aren't rapey that aren't like weird or creepy or have weird sexual mores but they'll throw that one in and it's just like Mm. no guys this is really bad it doesn't belong here it's just kind of weird how they try to frame it, like, yeah. in the most positive light. It's like, I'm not like other guys, but if you do that with other guys, like, you'd better hope I'm around to protect you or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. what? Uncomfortable. Okay, who's next? I can go next. <laughs> All right, do it. Okay, so my, I don't know. I don't know if I can pick a favorite trope or whatever, but I'll try. Um, <laughs> You have a few favorites, so, you know. Okay, top three or whatever. <laughs> Oh man, too many choices now. Anyway, I'll try to narrow it down. My most favorite-ish. Okay, fine. Maybe Sundares, because, you know, they're... <laughs> oh man, well, the Sundares are like... That is like classic. That is just like... It's like, classic, so, and it's just like... Like, I can't even... I'm trying to think of a shoujo that doesn't have a Sundare character. Oh, and it's not isolated it. to shoujo. Shonen is packed full of Sundare girls. Like, it's... It's it's in every genre, especially yeah. out of Japan. The sundere is arguably probably the number one archetype character archetype for uh, a romantic interest of any gender mm-hmm. in any kind of story. And for anybody who doesn't know what a sundere is, it's like gruff on the outside, marshmallow center. <laughs> they and try like, to act yeah. tough, but they're really a nice person inside. They just have many layers. Yeah. They're they're a little prickly, so they're hard to get to know. Mm. But you know the the love of a good woman or man will break through that or monster yeah or monster or you know audience Whatever. or <laughs> yeah like playing an otome game or pure fandom demand you know yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. will like break through that hard outer shell 
And then they're just like, yeah, like gushy marshmallow center. Yeah. Booker is a really great example of that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Read Magical How, you guys, mm. for more Cinderia examples. Yeah. And I mean, there are like a million different examples and some of them are meaner on the outside than others. Yeah. Some of them are just like quiet or just like hard to get to know. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. you know. Actually, the character that fits more of a Cinderia profile is actually Tyler. <laughs> really? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but that guy's like a, a. I feel like there's so many layers of dick <laughs> to him, like on the outside. That's a very good way of putting it, actually. I do like how he hides being kind of a coward and like insecure with being like aggressive and hostile. <laughs> That's a nice mix. Mm. But yeah, like like mm. you're saying though, because I would say that both he and Booker fit mm. very well into that archetype, but they're kind of on different ends of it a little bit, and they're just different yeah, different, different varieties flavors, of it, yeah. you know? Yes, there are many different flavors of Cinderella, mm. and it's great. And those guys kiss, so like <laughs> <laughs> even better. So, no so wonder that ended so badly. <laughs> Cinderella, Cinderella, like tears, <laughs> tears for all. Yeah. Uh, and I guess my least favorite trope would be misunderstandings because of miscommunication. But oh. it's a really stupid reason. Yeah. Like the guy is having a conversation with some other yeah. girl or guy. And the lo- and the girl who's like crushing on a guy or vice versa just happens to kind of walk by. And she's probably hiding around a corner. And she's listening in and she's like, I shouldn't be listening. <laughs> and the guy is like, no, I can't be with her like that for some, you know, whatever reason. But the girl runs off before she can hear the rest because she's like, oh, I've heard enough. It's over. Oh, God. I've read Just like listening 80 to of that those. Made me... <laughs> Just listening yeah. to that made me like wince mm-hmm. a lot. Right? Oh, yeah. Time. Oh, it's the worst. Oh, I'm, I'm with you on that. That one's really bad. It's so stupid. Like some tropes, they make you cringe, but it's more in, like sympathy for the characters because you know what's happening. But mm-hmm. not this one. It's like, this hurts me physically. You don't understand. Stop it. <laughs> now it now it just makes me feel very tempted to do something stupid like that in Magical Hell. <laughs> well, well, don't take Here this as a challenge, Jericho. <laughs> However, I think is, like, oh, no. <laughs> having, having legitimate miscommunication leading to emotional turmoil, turmoil can be excellent. It just has to be yeah, done Yeah, that's well. fine. But if you, if it's just presented in like a really lazy way, yes. just to be like, to, and usually the goal is just to be like, you, I should have trusted you more. You should have trusted me, but don't worry. Now our bond is stronger, you know? <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I think is like a lot of these tropes, I mean, like some of the ones with the like umbrella in the rain and everything like that. But in particular, like this one, people have been hanging a lampshade on that for years and years and years. So the idea that like you just kind of, you, you make it seem like you're going to have a stupid misunderstanding, but then you just blast through yeah, it. Yeah, you just blast through it. Yeah. I mean, hell, I think about like Peach Girl when mm. one, of, one of the boys was giving somebody CPR and oh, there was yeah. like for one panel it looked like they were kissing and she's like, no, oh no, my boyfriend. She's like, oh wait, he's like doing chest compressions. I don't think this is sexy at all. <laughs> yeah, no, because she was a lifeguard. Yeah. And yeah. she's like, wait a minute, I know somebody dying when I see it. <laughs> Let me help you. I, I have to do, because you're really supposed to Or was alternate. it her? Was she doing CPR? One, somebody in that comic was yeah. doing CPR and that person's love interest was watching and they were like, oh, I guess she, I guess she chose the other guy. Oh, wait. He's yeah. actually choking. <laughs> yeah. That was great. The fake out. That's, that, that could be, like, kind of funny, though. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, like, like, that's the thing. Like, taking that and kind of... I mean, so many of these tropes are so old and they've been done so many times that 
I mean, help magical how makes fun of a lot of shoujo tropes. <laughs> yeah, which is amazing. It's <laughs> part of why we love it's it. Because I, it's because I hate most of them. So <laughs> it's, it was. It's really fun to just be like, hey, hey, you recognize this trope? I'm gonna fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> so it's your turn, Yurika. What do you love? What do you hate? Crap. <laughs> uh, my favorite shoujo trope, huh? That's actually pretty difficult. So I'm, I'm very picky about it, so... Yeah. Least hated shoujo trope. Least hated. I guess it'll be, like, the guy... Like, wait, no, not the guy. Um, The girl is, like, in love with the dude, but she's too shy to go ask him out. But then people, like, just, like, circumstances keep pushing them together, you know? That's <laughs> my... That's my least hated shoujo trope. So, like, 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 fate taking charge when you're too yeah, scared. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Moving the uh, plot it's, forward. It's, it's definitely the most tolerable. <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh, but I have a lot to say about the most hated one. All right, oh, let's hear okay, it. Here we go. <laughs> okay, so the most hated trope that I have is when the girl keeps falling for the guy who's an extreme dick to her. Yeah. 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 And I'm like... Soon did I gone wrong. And and then it's like, no, no, it's not even Sundar. The guy's just an outright asshole. Like, yeah. Hmm. Like, you don't I know what you mean. Even, yes. You don't even see any of his good sides. You don't see any pr- proper reasoning for his actions. And some of his actions, they're just really stupid. And they'll, it's like, he's like possessive in a bad way. Mm. Yeah, you know? and it, I don't even, I know exactly what you mean, though. And it's just like, why am I supposed to like this guy? <laughs> and then I start shipping the girl with it, like one of the side dudes because it's like he's actually nice to you. He actually mm. cares about you. <laughs> and and you know what's the most infuriating thing? What? When she gets together with the asshole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when the asshole is canon, and it's like why? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think a really good example of the that at its worst is Hanayori Dongo. I don't know if you guys have read that. It was I have not read it, no. It was a huge shoujo in like the nineties, so it was probably a little bit before your time. And it was also well, at the yeah, time. Yeah, I've heard of it, yeah. Yeah, it well it, actually it's one of the best selling shoujo of all time. Partially because it was a lot longer than shoujo at the time. It ran for like thirty something volumes, which was obscene oh, wow. back then when <laughs> Sailor Moon was eighteen and Shigiyugi was eighteen. Mm-hmm. And Hanayori Dongo just kept fucking going. Like it, it's it's a soap opera and you know, it's got its kind of ups and downs, but the men in that, there's like four boys and they are like morally reprehensible, spoiled, rich pricks. And this poor girl who has to go to their school, whom they are like systematically bullying, which then moves into like sexual assault. And at some point she falls in love with one or more of them. And it's just like very uncomfortable. And I've seen, they've actually done adaptations of it. And oh, there was wait, a live wait, action is adaptation. Boys over flowers. Yes, boys over flowers. That's the name of. Oh the yeah, I watched. I watched that. See, I, mean, I, I have heard of this. Yeah, there was a J drama for it that was like maybe five or ten years ago, and that I actually really liked. They they made it more of a comedy, <laughs> and that the boys were horrible, but she like yeah. beat them senseless. So it was kind of <laughs> like, then, yeah. And then there's the Korean version. I didn't really like yep. the Korean version that much because they tried to romanticize it way, yeah. way too much. That's the thing. Like that, I would say that of the versions that I saw, the the J drama one, I thought was actually genuinely really funny. So it was a little bit more tolerable. 
But the manga and the anime and stuff was just like, please no. And then I'm not surprised that one of the adaptations, if in your case, if you said the Korean one, it was too romanticized because it was a really uncomfortable dynamic. And the story had the F4, these han four handsome guys, and it was gimmicky and it sort of worked, but like just their behavior was too horrible. Like they, they weren't being, you know, difficult people. They were like <laughs> bullying her and, mm. and, and, belittling her for being poor and like stuff where you're like how in any way does this make you a love interest i mean it's like hot gimmick which is always like i was the, thinking of that one yeah too. you know i was thinking about that one as the one where you've got like i mean okay again like <laughs> I, I can't even call the main guy in that asunde because he was just a reprehensible human being yeah he was just horrible but then like the nice guy ends up being secretly worse and then the only guy who <laughs> might treat her well is her brother who, like, oh, she, yeah, well, she finds out that he was adopted, which she didn't know, but he knew and was crushing on her. And then, I like, mean, one day you... kisses her and, like, we're not really blood related. <laughs> I <laughs> hate that joke so much. Like, I, I'm, I'm actually adopted, okay, so I speak from personal experience. Don't do that. <laughs> I mean, if we want hot guys going after a poor girl, watch Oran High School Host Club. Yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a seriously. really great example of it. And, and I mean, part of that one, part of why that one is great is that Haruhi's actually a good character, and I mean, oh, if, I, sure. if I'm if gonna, like, move on to my least favorite trope, it's the uh, main female character who's, like, either a useless dishrag with no personality, mm. or you know, I notice this a lot in the in Japanese manga, how they'll kind of fetishize working hard for other people to the point where yeah it gets kind of creepy and sometimes it's one of these things that's kind of it, it's like a lot of the time i mean i think about fruits basket a little bit i think about yeah. this is a, a comic that uh, leanne and i both worked on for tokyo pop way back in the day but uh uh what, what was the name of that comic that we worked on that was very much like uh happy cafe happy cafe oh. and that was one of those comics that was just like See, I can badmouth it now because Tokyo Pop's kind of defunct. <laughs> but like, just it was it it really sort of fetishized people doing an incredible amount of physical and emotional labor for no gain, really. Yeah, like, it was like martyrdom. Yeah, like the creepy. the main girl was like not getting a salary, even though she was working at a job. I mean, the thing that really got me the most was there was like a major, there was like a side character who basically he was like an orphan and he was taken in by this rich man to be, or no, you know, he wasn't an orphan. He ran away from home because he was being abused at home. This rich man took him in and said, you can be my chauffeur instead of like, you know, I'll send you to school or something. He was like 16. <laughs> and then he was an abuse victim and they kept like hitting him with mallets, like it, like Hammer Girl style, where they'd like yell at him. And, and like, like for comedic effect. And it was yeah, incredibly and it was really uncomfortable. And like you can't have like the beating backstory along with the like like slapstick comedy backstory and then he was like so grateful to everything they'd done for him because it was like <laughs> you know one of these it's like one of these things where things are just kind of askew and yeah. and people are not like like you get the sort of the the people who give up everything for other people and that's shown it's like put on this pedestal as being a really great person when it's like yeah. you're just letting people walk all over you and in real life it would be a hundred times worse and way creepier because this is like actual abusive stuff yeah. but like this is just it's just creepy you know yeah like, but it, fetishizing how forgiving <clears throat> and understanding you are when mm. people around you are really difficult. And Fruits Basket really told that line. And, mm. and I've gone on record. I, I did not like Fruits Basket. And 
Like, I liked the beginning of it okay, but everybody's like, oh, it's this really great shoujo. And to this day, I just, I kind of hate that comic. I think it was so weak in so many ways. And that, 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 that that's, that's not the reason I hated that comic. I hated that comic because she ran out of ideas in volume 10 and it went till volume 23. But, uh, <laughs> but that was something that was very, it, it was close to getting really uncomfortable because there were a lot of abusive, dangerous people in that comic. And her answer to everything was like basically loving them no matter what they did until they turned and were like, oh my God, you've shown me the light by putting up with me, basically. <laughs> and like, Toto is not a terrible main character. It was handled reasonably well. It didn't feel super abusive. Like the way in Happy Cafe, it definitely mm. went far, way farther in Happy Cafe. But it just, it's not, after a while, first of all, it's boring, right? Mm. That it's like, Oh, I can tolerate any crap. That's my personality. That sucks. That sucks as a personality. Secondly, it does get to the point where it's un it's it's it feels like a battered wife syndrome or something, you know, where it's like, oh, they just keep putting up with these people. Why are these people who are terrible to them changing? Usually somebody who's going to abuse somebody else is not going to change their behavior because that person doesn't fight back or they're not gonna become a better person because that person doesn't fight back mm. you know they might eventually be over i mean like you were saying it's much creepier in real life but if you have a, a a character who feels extremely guilty for miss for treating this person badly and they leave i've seen that done and that's actually okay because mm -hmm. you can see how the character development kind of works over that where this is a relationship where it was never going to get healthy but it's rare and mm -hmm. it seems to be also you know japan uses this word pure a lot and i feel like there are a lot of these tropes that are about female purity and being pure and sometimes you see them leak into you know men but it is something that happens a lot with female characters in any genre not just shoujo but that kind of tolerance that kind of like uncorruptibility is something they associate with women a lot and it basically means that they don't stand up for themselves you know that's mm. That's nasty, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, that's not a good trope. So I, I totally agree with you there. That that pisses me off, too. <laughs> you know, you can do it to a point. You have to do it well. Fruits Basket was definitely not the worst offender, but that's a really good mainstream example of that, where mm -hmm. it was definitely... Yeah, you know, it's funny because I, I, I feel like... Uh... No, that wasn't a good point. We're going to cut that part. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I think uh, if I'm going to do favorite trope... Yeah, let's hear something nice. Yeah, sorry, I'll stop being a mean person now, but I think being mean to bad things is good. Uh, yeah. But I mean, I you know, it all ties in how I really like, like, egalitarian romance where people mm. are kind of on the same level where, and I mean, I feel like a lot of, there's a fair amount of modern shoujo where the guy will seem like he's cooler at the beginning and, you know, he'll seem like the, the aloof prince or whatever, but he's just kind of a mess underneath it all, you know? Mm. And that's been, uh, particularly in, like, comedies, and I think, like, Nozaki-kun is like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, like, <laughs> like high school deb debut is like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, this thing where, like, you start out with this real shoujo trope where, like, the girl is a mess and the guy is cool, but it's like, no, the guy just is, like, a little better at faking it than she is, and they end up working together really well once they get past the initial... Uh... What was the name of that comic by the... Um, Den Genki Daisy Girl about the boy that was no wait I'm thinking My Little Monster or something there was some boy that was like wild and out of control and uh, there was some it was like a shoujo that came out in English maybe five years ago and the cover was always a girl and there was a boy and she had him on a collar see all of these things you're saying could be multiple things <laughs> It, but it was just how he was like an uncultured swine monster and like she would punch him in the head and he'd like behave um <laughs> 
And that one could be anything too, really. <laughs> the the reform reform the boy trope. Which isn't always you know, I would say my favorite of the reform the boy trope are the beast men. So like I don't know if you guys read Juju. Um that's a really great example of like my dogs turn into boys and crawl into my bed and turn back into boys and like get out of my bed, you're not allowed in the bed when you're in boy form. <laughs> those are fun. Mm-hmm. Because those are, you know, instead of you being like, hey, this person who clearly didn't listen to anything his mother said growing up needs to be reformed. They have, like, literal animals. (laughs) Like, you just don't know. You don't mean well. Beast boys and stuff. All right. Other other positive trope, the hug from behind. (gasps) Oh, I love a good hug from behind. (laughs) For doing, like, moments, you know? Yeah. There have been some really good hugs from behind in Shoujo. Mm. Just can overcome I, can the I add on to that? Yes. Forehead touch. Ah, <laughs> forehead touch is good. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now like I feel like that's my weakness. Things. Okay. Right, <laughs> forehead touch. No, I, you know, because like the moment you said, I want to add to it. Now I feel like I want to add to something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah add yeah. to it. Do it. Okay. Uh. Uh. Hand holding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, just saw the sweet little moments. I agree, though. I agree. Yeah, hand holding. Yeah, good. but like, I mean, like, gentle. Like, hand oh, sorry. Say what you're saying. Gentle hand holding, like <laughs> shy, oh. gentle hand holding. Yes. Like they're both like super shy about it, but like one of them makes a move first, and it's like <gasps> gasp. Where they're like sitting <laughs> next to each other, and the hands kind of brush, and then they, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. They blush all the way out to the ears. Yep. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, if we're talking just in general, like, the blush layer on mm. on uh, visual novels. Uh, so like, good. Uh, sprites, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just the blush Yeah, like, layer. you have the little shy blush, and then you have, like, the really deep, like, oh, man, like, doki-doki blush. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, some people are really good. I'm going to use the example of Yuri on Ice of this. Some some uh, series are really good at combining the the blush from overexertion with the blush from too much emotion at the same time um and Yuri, because obviously Yuri and ice is a sports series um the number of times that he would be you know either especially at the end of a skating performance when he's always like panting and he had a crazy look on his face where he was like he had the blush layer because of exertion but there was also like wild animal eyes of some form either really happy really sad maybe both uh i'm gonna go hide in a bathroom stall and cry after this like um and that's that's really good because the blush layer could be used for many things it's also i'm gonna be the resident perfect again it's really good during sex when people have blush you know it shows the exertion on their faces you know the best part about shoujo love scenes is the facial expressions and the blush goes a really far away because it's like somebody overwhelms that emotion is a physical exertion is it both so yes, oh, yeah. 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 The the ice, some of the Uranian ice faces you could basically superimpose onto porn, which people have done. <laughs> Wait, really? Well, <laughs> your scenes are more interesting than mine, apparently. <laughs> I mean, not like superimposed, but that that kind of idea—the no. crazy faces that Yuri makes are the crazy faces that Yuri makes in bed. I've read a lot of Uranian ice porn. Everybody has. That's, that's what we all did, right? After that series ended. <laughs> It was all the Jojinshi coming out of Japan for a while. No, it's true. <laughs> it's true. I came home from Japan with a big stack of Jojinshi. Oh, yeah. They were great. And they weren't all even... Some of them were just, like, emotionally pornographic. It was just, like, that relationship <laughs> was so great. Oh, yeah. No, no, that was great. There were several of them where one of them was a cat. I got at least one of those. 
You have to like raise Those them. are weird. I like that trope in fandom. The somebody's uh, like there's an AU <laughs> where one of them is an animal, like a, an actual pet. That's that's so weird. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of like, like it. In 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 like English language fic, I've read plenty of like de aging fic and stuff like that. But like, yeah, I think the de aging, and I feel like we talked about this. Yeah, I'm going to talk recently about on a podcast. One. But I think the Western version of somebody suddenly turned into a baby or a kid in Japan, it's like they suddenly turned into a pet, like a cat. But mm-hmm. I like the same thing where it's like, oh, you have to take care of this person, and the dynamic is totally different, but you still have that emotional connection, and it's you know it's. Coffee shop AU style. I like the I like the one where somebody's like transformed or something really fucking weird happened. Well, that was another thing we were going to talk about too is the uh, idea of like uh, supernatural shoujo and sh- mm. like series that have magic or some kind of supernatural aspect in them where it's more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's something you guys are both working on mm-hmm. though. So why don't you elaborate on that? What What are good and bad supernatural shoujo tropes? Oh man, where to start? Captain <laughs> Sakura. Yes. Do you yes. like that or or dislike that? I love that okay. show. I Me love too. the manga. Most people. I, love I just I love it. It's so cute. It's so fluffy, and the main. She gets a costume change every time. I yeah. know, right? <laughs> That's great. That was a big deal at the time. Mm. So when the original Card Captor Sakura came out, and we're talking like late '90s, I remember following that in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a big deal. From, like, the collector's perspective? Because I know that, like, Sailor Moon, for example, which came shortly before that, because Sailor Moon ended in 97. It was 92 to 97. A lot of men picked up on it. Now, Sailor Moon is unapologetically feminist to the point where, like, you don't, you're not allowed to have magic unless you have a female body kind of thing. Um, But there were obviously, and and I I don't think it really compromised on that ever. And there were a lot of men who liked it. not necessarily in spite of that. I mean, I think a lot of men respect feminine power, but I think a lot of them also were just really kind of, uh, the costumes seemed to really appeal to men. I don't know if it was because the figurines they like to collect, because figurines are generally marketed to men. But I remember that when Cardcaptor Sakura came out and they were like, oh, it's a new it's a new outfit every episode. Um, I heard boys talking about that in Japan a little bit more than girls. Hmm. Um, but I don't know if that was just at the, like, I'm talking about like, Japanese male fandom in the late 90s because I know that like you would think fashion would be something that might appeal more to women but there was something about this the uniforms that I think I don't know I just I, I don't know for some reason I have this memory of boys really digging that they like the different uniforms I don't know hmm. I mean I think anybody... I, mean, I think girls like the uniforms I, I don't know yeah yeah I was not that tapped into that fandom in particular but uh... um I would wear every single one of her uniforms <laughs> well the car captor Sakura uniforms were really nice and I think that like Sailor Moon the outfits were not that nice and they were also super repetitive so when, I mean I'm not yeah, what I would call yeah, a typical Sailor Moon fan but like to me the outfits were actually a little bit more of a my liability because I thought they were sort of weird looking and the fact that girls had to wear tiny skirts in order to be powerful made me a little bit uncomfortable um, whereas Cardcaptor Sakura really kind of took that idea and ran with it. It was like, no, we're going to have fucking ribbons everywhere all the time. Different kinds of ribbons. They're going to be big dresses and small dresses and, yeah. <laughs> yes, or an array of hats. Yes. Right. And I feel like when Sailor Moon started, I think her editor was like, we want a, a superhero in a sailor uniform. I, I think that wasn't really her idea. And her compromise was... The boy has to be in a tuxedo. <laughs> <laughs> well, why not, right? Which is amazing. Yeah. That's the- <laughs> yeah, so 
So I'm not totally sure she was even really sold on those uniforms. And I know that some of the best fashion that came out of Sailor Moon, besides the horrid 90s anime fashion, oh, which is God, it's kind so of its amazing. own amazing thing. But I think, <laughs> like, like... purple sweatshirts. Yeah. And, like... But, like, they're... Like, you could see in the the art that Naoko Takeuchi did, it was, like, the princess uniforms, and then she would do a lot of image shots of them in, like, evening wear. And you could tell she was really into that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. the ball gowns, the magical mm -hmm. things. The Sailor uniforms themselves, I'm not sure. They were kind of a uniform, so... Cardcaptor Sakura did something different with that. and You know, it's it's true that when you've got, like, a whole cast of characters who all have their own kind of specific color scheme, and this is something mm -hmm. that's coming up in Magical How with all those, like, yeah. really excellent dresses that all the boys in that wear. Yeah. Uh, I love their dresses. A couple yeah, of them, same. like, yeah. yeah. Uh, but the idea that if you've got characters and they all kind of, they're all wearing something similar, and they all have their own color and their own style within that. And then you get to do kind mm -hmm. of a variation on it. So you can do that sort of, uh, I don't know, there, there's something very interesting. And I think that really appealing to people of having like an array of people, but they're all sort of dressed a little differently. And I think they do this right. for like, yeah. pop stars and stuff too. You know, I think, mm -hmm. I think yeah, about the like the, stuff. <laughs> the boy bands where they would have, them oh, all, right. they're all wearing white, but this one's got a hat and this one's got <laughs> a tank top and this one's wearing a jacket and you know, like. <laughs> they, they kind of uh, this one slaps the other guy's ass on stage. I suppose. Do, do you watch like <laughs> some of those idol shows? <laughs> I don't. I, I I remember seeing one where like a uh, shiny a shiny concert, and there was this clip of where two of the members go up super close to each other, like they're gonna kiss. Oh, shiny! And one of them is yeah. shirtless, I think. Oh God! There was one of so shiny is a Korean pop band. Um, there was a yeah. live show that I watched on YouTube where it was getting kind of uncomfortably sexual. <laughs> they were all doing it in blindfolds and like, I don't know, they're just kind of grinding on the stage and I'm like, oh my. Okay. I mean, I'm not surprised that they have no. discovered that this is marketable as hell. Yeah, yeah. You know, just saying. Also, they're super flush because they're like under the, the lights so they're all sweaty, but I also felt really bad for them because I'm like, that's the bad kind of sweaty. <laughs> doing live concerts. They're hard, man. Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe I'm remembering that wrong, so don't totally quote me on that, it being for the boys, but um, it, it, thinking about Sailor Moon being a little more Sentai style, like you're saying, it's like, they're all, they're all the colors, and there's the green one and the red one, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but I just think taking that concept and yeah. doing it from the girly perspective, where you're actually paying attention to the clothes and yeah. not just, like, so, you know, like, Power Ranger style armor. Yeah, right, which had always been kind of a male trope. Uh, Yurika, why don't you talk a little bit about the fashion of Magical Hell, because we all agree that we really love it, and... Um, one of the great things about your book that's coming out soon, um, that we kickstarted this year, is we have a bunch of kind of old outfits. <laughs> in the yeah. Back. Yeah. Because yeah. I know you you did like a million designs for the uniforms. Yeah. Uh, for the Gleam team, I mean, I knew I wanted them to be like, like wearing different types of clothing, like mm -hmm. types of uniforms. Uh, how do English? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, for the Gleam team, I wanted them to have their own individuality. At first, I drew them in separate outfits, but then I decided since they're supposed to be a team, you know, more unified, uniform-looking kind of thing would, would be better, you mm. know? But obviously, I didn't want it to be literal, so... Mm. <laughs> Sparkly dresses and capes, yes. Well, they're princess level, <laughs> they get the cape, right? Uh -huh. Yeah, they do. What's the second um, level called? 
the second level, it, it's it's not really given any title. Okay. It's just the the next stage of a, for a magical to have. Hmm. And Gabe you know, hasn't hit just, that yet. Yeah, he hasn't hit that yet. But, I would play the crap. Know. Sorry, go on. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, like, I would play the crap out of a magical house dress-up game. I am just saying. You know, honestly, <laughs> we talked about that a long time ago because we were thinking about mm. stuff for the Kickstarter, or whatever, and paper dolls would be like perfect for for magical how but logistically we weren't really sure how to do that because we've never done it before like we're just moving into stickers now and i'm actually mm -hmm. more interested in it from like a um like doing it as a game or something yeah because mm -hmm. i mean you know if you just do one of those like drag and drop things i feel mm -hmm. like that's one of those like really early coding projects people do like yeah. when they're yeah, like a, a doll maker yeah yeah mm -hmm. fun fact fun fact when i was 14 i dabbled a bit in flash uh making dress-up games oh my god really? i made yeah. like a, i made a dress-up game in high school too like for a computer class wow that was fun although i had an unhealthy obsession because i actually uh skipped school just to stay home and make one <laughs> <laughs> um are you guys familiar with the game love nikki uh i've heard i keep seeing ads for it everywhere like on my phone and tumblr so i don't care at all about fashion i've spent like 50 hours on this dress-up game because it's <laughs> it's so layered and i mean that both literally and figuratively it's an absurd amount of clothes it's basically a dress-up game except it's competitive dress-up game and you have like little skills like critical eye where you'll be like that's not appropriate for the setting and the person's like level goes down they're like oh they took damage um <laughs> really yeah or you can do things where you you cast a spell on them and they lose their socks <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of time because it's like a future world where all battles are decided by runway walk <laughs> like okay and everyone you meet is like i challenge you to i don't know the galaxy so it's like ball Pokemon, but with clothes yes and like you make eye contact and it's like yeah i will take basically. your socks well even the story's a little self-aware it's like can we go anywhere without people challenging us to fashion offs <laughs> um it's really if if you guys like paper doll stuff, absolutely download Love Nikki because it, it Love Nikki Nikki is N I K K I. It's a it's a mm -hmm. cell phone game, and you can get on the iPad too. But yeah. I might actually try that because I spend a you know really long amount of time like getting details, like changing colors and like the dress up games. Oh, you so. know what? The the what what fascinates me about this game is there's like thousands of outfits, like combination. There's a billion accessories. Like, the amount of art in this game is absurd. It's, like, obscene, the fashion in this game. Sorry, I'm just remembering Lan was still- I, I haven't really played this at all, but Lan was telling me that sometimes you just need to add more accessories, and she's like, a person her left hand, and a person her right hand, another person, like, stuck to Yeah, when I'm stuck at a level, I just add more purses until I get enough points. Yeah. And you've probably seen it a little bit on Twitter with people being like, I had to win the, the office lady outfit, and it's like an office lady outfit, only it's got, like, fireworks going off in the background and goddess ribbons flying everywhere, <laughs> it gives you bonus points. So, Like, if you have to go into an office, like, you want fireworks going off, right? Yeah. I mean, let's be honest, if I could wear, if I could go business casual, but then also have, like, you know, magical goddess ribbons surrounding me, I would yeah. do that. Yeah. 
Anyways. I mean, Magical Hall is bound to have a fashion-related chapter sooner or later. Yeah. Because <laughs> Booker's Booker, mom right? is a fashion designer, yes. and I want to touch a bit oh, on yes. his relationship. With is he going to do some runway stuff? Maybe, maybe not. Mm-hmm. Depends. Is there going <laughs> to be like a, a fashion show segment like in Orange Junk? Because that would be amazing. Yeah, Orange there would Junk definitely is- be a... What? <laughs> the best part about the Orange Junk fashion show is there was a part where Bruce had to just walk in Tidy Whitey's down, like, a catwalk. And he's like, oh, is this clothing? Like, does this count? It was supposed to be, like, the underwear edition, only they didn't give him nice underwear. <laughs> they just had him walk out in his underwear. And he's like, really? You're like, you're I'm sure judging he buys, like, a six-pack of, yeah. like, the cheapest underwear you can get because he's poor. So <laughs> it was, that was my favorite part. Because everything else was very much like, oh, this is a male modeling contest, except that part, which was just <laughs> ludicrous. Well, there's simple. also the part where Miles was like, hey, I'll just take off my shirt and I've got this in the bag. But he has like no abs or anything. <laughs> yeah. like, And also girls are like, that's too easy. Mm-hmm. We need, we need but, like coy. Yeah. I think it's definitely universal that we all want a fashion show segment. Yeah. 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 You should yes. totally do that, Yuri. You should definitely do a fashion show segment. Yeah. But I am definitely going to touch on the part of where, like, like this is, I mean, it's not really a spoiler, but it is a hint kind of chapter mm-hmm. is that Booker's mom wants him to take over her business. Mm. Uh, so, which means that she wanted him to do fashion design like she, she does. Hmm. So, it's like Booker's kind of caught between his parents' wishes and stuff, even though he, he knows and wants what he wants, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but he, he, <laughs> he, for some reasons, has the obligation. So, and there's see, a little bit of that hint. <laughs> we all love him because he's the tsundere. <laughs> Yeah, but also I think his like repressed Britishisms I think are really funny too. <laughs> Where it's like I can't disappoint mother and father and like just I I was raised in British boarding school. Like he was clearly raised in British boarding schools, which I thought was really funny. And then he went to American high school and they like tore him apart. <laughs> and like yeah, especially game. Yeah, well that's, that's the the other thing having the sort of the high class characters and the low class characters are really yeah. common in in shoujo. Uh, I mean honestly sometimes it's like. I mean, the entire shoujo are based around that, including, yeah. like, Oran Host Club. And yeah. A yeah. Lot of, I mean, honestly, a million of them. Yeah. Boys Over Flowers was a big one, too, about um, a socio... Well, you can have, like, socioeconomic barriers. You can also just have, like, the smart one and the dumb one. There's been a lot of those, like, the, the high-class kid and the really stupid kid who's always doing extra, you know, <laughs> or or it's, like, good at sports but not good at anything else. One of my favorite, like... Boy, boys who are best friends like sometimes in shoujo you'll have you know two boys who are best friends usually a love interest mm-hmm. and like maybe a third wheel and yeah. my personal favorite is like the cool tough kid and the total nerd who are like best friends <laughs> and like sometimes you'll see that in shoujo too there was actually an entire pretty cure that was kind of about that the first pretty cure mm-hmm. was like the tough girl and the nerdy girl but like oh, i'm yeah. thinking are you guys familiar with kurocha like i uh, know uh, Oh god, I think it's too old now. I know. It's like uh, it 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 was translated sometimes as child's toy, but it was about a 6th grader who was she was a, a an actress like uh, she was really famous. She was on TV all the time and she was adopted by this truly crazy novelist and they lived in this like wacky home and she had this handsome older guy who was like her bodyguard/manager/ slash manager slash, Who was a homeless guy that Who was a homeless guy they just kind of took in. The street. And she's like he's my boyfriend. He's like 
Yeah, right. That's what I am. <laughs> Here, I, I made your lunch for you. And then, like, she ends up, her love interest is, like, the really, really mean kid in class. It is, oh my god, absolutely read or watch Kodocha. That anime is brilliant, and it's like a hundred fucking episodes. Yeah, honestly, go for the anime. Really? Yeah, the <laughs> anime was better than the manga in a lot of ways. I mean, the manga's also so out of print. How do you, so how do you spell it? Uh, Kodocha? K-O-D-O-C-H. Oh, wait, I think I have heard of that, yeah. It's old. Like, it ran in the mid-90s. Um, oh, really? And it's, it's really zany, so, like... Don't put it at full blast when you watch it. It's just screaming. Yeah, The yeah. dub was good, though. Anyway, um, but in that one, they had, like, the really mean, tough, difficult kid, and his best friend was, like, the hella nerd. <laughs> like, the awkward kid who's always dropping shit or whatever, but, like, you couldn't give that kid a hard time or this or this guy would just kick the shit out of you. And, like, <laughs> you know who, who else falls in that is Bart Simpson and Milhouse, which I love. <laughs> oh, God. Where it's like, Bart is the total bad boy and his best friend is Milhouse. No, Leanne, don't go there because the people would want to draw fan art of oh, them sure, and start did. making doujins of them. <laughs> Look, people don't I, I don't know Turtles. if I can handle that. Yeah. No, you, you just you have to ignore the parts of fandom you wish didn't exist. Just pretend yeah. they're not there. The Simpsons is 30 years old now. There's nothing I'm going to say at this point that hasn't been done. Yeah, yeah. But but there, it's never shown as like a really slashy thing. It's usually like a buddy thing. Because it's like, most shoujo is too straight for that. I mean, maybe now shoujo's getting more queer, that they'll kind mm -hmm. of go in that direction. But I haven't seen many, like, boys love like that. They're usually just, this is my buddy. And mm -hmm. the thug guy will beat up anybody who gives the nerd a hard time. And I love it. I love it. I think that's so great. <laughs> of boys love. Hmm? I, I watched one in, uh, I binged watched an anime version of a manga called Hitorijime, My Hero. Oh, that's brand new, huh? Yeah, and it's so cute. Like, the anime yeah. version is, like, so fluffy and cute. And, like, the main couple is this delinquent kid. But then he wants to be just, like, the, like, like his teacher who is also a, the a bro older brother of his friend at school. Who does he get with? Or is that a spoiler? <laughs> I'm really curious. I mean, like... It, like, uh, I mean, it's pretty obvious that the two are going to get together because it's literally in the opening. Or, okay. like, that they're being paired together. But it's, like, so cute because the like, the kid was, like... He he used to be in a gang because he had nowhere. He had no... He, 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 had, he had no place to belong. So, like, when he... Got, <laughs> So then he, when he met this guy, he was like, please, let me be your underling. Oh, and then, like, cute. And then he does all the cooking and the cleaning, the errands and stuff for him. It's amazing. Wow, that sounds really cute, actually. <laughs> sounds a little bit like Scary Face from Odon. I guy. definitely oh, recommend that guy. Oh, yeah, him. <laughs> I forget his oh, name, but they oh, called him Scary wait. Face. Uh, no, he was the Yakuza like Kasa, Kasa, Kasa oh. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that. They that, all kind of He's like, that's not my name. <laughs> he was the Yakuza I head. Love him. Like, I don't want to be the Yakuza head. I just have a really scary face. <laughs> I just want to make friends, but everyone's scared of me. <laughs> well, that's like my, my story is based. Oh, the the big scary the scary guy like the big or... scary guy, but he's actually really really nice. Yeah, that's a yeah, good one. I like that one. Yeah, I like that one a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Becca likes the the big the big softies, like physically really big. You know, like the my love story type guys who are like Yeah or like Ander. On Anders? Am I saying that wrong? You're saying it wrong. 
Alder. Alder. Is the guy no wonder from I got it wrong. Ye- uh, Yellow Hearts. Yes. I should have known that I was watching um, Workaholics, the guy named Alder. Hunters is from Workaholics. He's a horrible human being. <laughs> yeah. No, Alder. Like, the big kind of... He looks like a strong guy, but he's... And maybe he's physically strong, but he's like a sweetie. <laughs> I love Alder. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I like Alder, I, I want to I wanna protect him. I want to protect yeah, him I know. and keep him in a box. Yeah, he, he needs to be kept in a box and not... Put out I think that's called being a yandere. Correct me. No, wanted to keep someone in a box. Yes, oh, that is yeah. that is called a yandere. Okay. That that wasn't that a literal plot point in Amnesia? Doesn't he lock you yes. in a dog cage for a while? Yes, yeah. and it's just like <laughs> that was the guy I was gunning for. So when he turned out to be like that, I was like, why? We oh, could have had something. Oh, yeah, yeah honestly, if worst. if we're talking about tropes, I hate because I tend to like the nice guys. And then Yon, like so I really don't like the Yonder days because it's like you take a take a character who seems like they're gonna be nice, you know. And sometimes they're a little boring, but like you know, I, I like stories about nice people finding happiness. Yeah. <laughs> and then instead, they're like a sociopath, and it's like really depressing. Yeah, yeah the Yonder is the nice one who snaps. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like who's secretly exactly, crazy. and it's like he was totally my type until like he was like. Stay in this cage for your protection. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't like yandere's either. There's no. also the one that I really do like, and I can't remember the Japanese word for it, like harugudo or something. The black stomach. They're the ones who are always smiling, but they're like gloomy as hell inside, um, like, uh, creepy and horrible. Yeah, so they're kind of like, like, <laughs> okay, if their eyes are closed. They're usually voiced by Akita, Akita Ishida. Ishida. Yeah. <laughs> so, are you what, talking about characters voiced by Akita Ishida? It's it's called the the translation. I think is Black Stomach. It's like Haraguro or something. Is is the I had no idea that existed, but yeah. now that you mentioned it, like so that, it's always that the guy... really made me think of like a certain character. Yes, so, yeah. exactly. So he's usually like his eyes are closed and he's smiling all the time, but he's secretly kind of like evil. Uh, he often has light colored hair and he's often voiced by Akira Ishida and they're like, yeah, you know, <laughs> like a really, like a really smooth and like just very like polite yes. way of speaking. Yes. And the the one that made him famous was Kaoru from Neon Genesis Evangelion, the white haired kid. But then he did a whole, uh, he's also Natori in um, Natsume, if anybody watches that, The Exorcist. The really? Like that really? Guy's yeah. a creepy fucker, sorry. Yeah. He was also, I don't even remember the Pandora Hearts, there was a guy, the Mad Hatter, I think, was voiced by him, of course. Um, Zelos in mm-hmm. Slayers was voiced by him, of course, because he always does that character, and he like, oh, he was Hakai in Sayuki, that was another big one. But <laughs> oh he's, god, yeah. He's always that guy, <laughs> and I love that guy, that guy is always like... Kyoya is a little bit like that guy from Oran too. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a little, little bit more. He's like yeah. the, the he's, severe. He's like the egoist. Yeah, he's not quite like that, but you know, kind of. Yeah, he's a little bit of a mix. Um, I usually when the egoist. That's another trope that we can talk about. That's the the haughty guys. Um, yeah, uh, not quite Orisama, but not you know. Yeah. Um, like Miles would be like an egoist. Uh, he, oh, yeah. Although he's a little bit more like the spoiled <laughs> he's rich boy. He's more ridiculous than the usual. Ridiculous, yeah. And like, yeah. the thing is, the egoist is usually like very in control. Yeah. And you know, they're, they're like the guy who will have sex with you while they're wearing a three piece suit that they keep entirely buttoned. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> entirely buttoned. <laughs> wow. I'm sorry. <laughs> wow, Becca. <laughs> It's true. No, but it's tr- it's absolutely true. And you it's know the what? The best way I can think of to describe it. <laughs> well, 
like an egoist is like it's the Japanese version of of ego egotist. Like I think actually yeah. egoist is a word, but nobody really uses it. It might be like a British term. Um, but a really good example of that if anybody reads Vampire Night, which is like one of my favorite modern shoujo, I fucking would that, love that be? Game. Are you talking about Kaname? Yes. Yeah, so so zero is a textbook sundere. Kaname is yeah. a textbook egoist. And like, although he's kind of a softer, like he's not the really mean kind of egoist. Like he's the kind no, of egoist. Oh yeah, like, they can be. They can be either. They can be meaner or not mean. Yeah, a lot of they're times they're kind of, of. Yeah, they're they're just they're very in control. They're kind of they're usually arrogant. The, the a lot school of times class they're, president. Yeah, they're yeah. like somehow higher class. They have the than fan you, clubs and, that are yeah, like, yeah, know. and they're kind of above it all. Yeah, exactly. Which is why Vampire Night is well. There was one edition that they made. I feel like I talked about this podcast very recently, but a change they added to the Vampire Night anime, there was a part where he was so overcome by emotion, he fell to his knees. And I was like, that fucking doesn't happen with Egoist. This is a big fucking deal. Sit there. I remember, because you were like, we were living together at the time. Mm -hmm. And I was like flipping out. And Becca's like, why the fuck do you even watch this show? I'm like, you don't understand, man. Egoist, (laughs) don't do that. He has so many feelings right now. Yeah. (laughs) But I didn't like Egoist until I saw that show. Because I'd seen a lot of them, they were like the Oresama type, or just yeah. the egoists that were like, I, so many boys love will have those guys, and they're like rapists. Like, they're really terrible. <laughs> like, they, they don't ever, they're always smiling even when they're holding the guy down, and it's just like uncomfortable. But they're, they're especially in like Otome games and stuff, you will see shades of them, and the egoist, mm-hmm. I think, can actually be kind of likable. He's just sort of above everything, mm-hmm. you know? Like, yeah. Oh. I mean, there are different levels of egoists in Otome, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the girl yeah. version is the, oh! <laughs> Behind the fan, <laughs> those char- I love those characters. Yeah, <laughs> like they're yeah, so the silly. Yeah, the the moment moment laugh. the moment you laughed, I remember Renge from yes. Aura. Yes, I don't know if she, I, I. I remember watching her, and I was like, "God, that is so me." Well, it's the thing; she's the stand-in for the audience in yeah. that show. Like, like she's yeah. she's she's almost like a she parody of that type. But she's supposed, you know, she's like the girl in Free. What's her name? Oh, like, uh, yeah, who's like really into the muscles and stuff. Like mm. these shows that are about just guys like being attractive. And they have to have the character who's the who's the audience stand in being like a pervy Fujoshi well, loser. R- Renge has a microphone yeah. and is often like Oh yeah, she would like come out of the floor on like <laughs> risers. I mean like Oh, and then she would have merchandise too. <laughs> And Joe was like, hey, can we mark this up? We can, like, put this into the club, you know. Oh, yeah, I mean, that that show is totally self-aware, and that's part of why we all loved it, you know? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh, it's so great. So great. (laughs) So, we actually, we kind of diverged a little bit, but, like, let's go back to the supernatural stuff, because I think there's a lot of stuff that's unique to the, you know, the the stuff that's got magic in it. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Actually, before we go, can we take a really quick break? I, my, I've got, like, really killer sticky mouth, and I oh, okay. kind of want water. to get some water. Yeah, go for it. Sorry, five oh, minutes. Oh. You can think about yeah, it. Yeah, sure. Do you want to pause I can think about it, too, yeah. Pause this. Just remind me to turn it back. I have a face. It's just who I am. Who <laughs> <laughs> right. I am, Mom. <laughs> All right, you guys ready to start again? Sorry. Yes. Okay. okay. Unpause it? Yeah, I, I did. Okay. So we were going to talk about supernatural tropes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Who wants to take that? Well, is there anything in particular we want to talk about? Well, stuff where it's like, I mean, we talked about Magical (laughs) Girls a little bit, but stuff where, I mean, Magical Girls are one of the big supernatural. Uh, Vampires is another one. Like, stuff in the Mm -hmm. shoujo tradition. I know, yeah. Well, 
I feel like the the idea of a regular modern story that had like a little supernatural twist to it was yeah. very kind of nineties. I don't know what's new that's in that genre because I think about like um, a lot of the older like like you want to say is shorter stuff where she was doing oh, like the magical God. diaries <gasps> and like the robot guy and like yeah, absolute boyfriend was a robot. Actually, one. I I remember some from my childhood, but they're not from Japan. Oh yeah, yeah? um, they were from they were. Originally Italian, which is, oh. uh, I mean, there's Wings, but that one is like more oh, yeah. to marketing. But like the early Wings, when they actually had a proper plot line, you know, before they go and fucked it all up. <laughs> uh, and then there was also Witch, which oh, is just yeah. getting released right now, I think, isn't it? Isn't, isn't Yen putting out a new edition of it or something? I felt like that was going to happen so. years ago, and I don't. I, I, I left the like comic store the, before it happened. <laughs> just the other day, I think I saw somebody tweeting about Witch, like oh, a publisher. Mm. But yeah, so I definitely remember those because they both had magic and always had like romances and stuff in it. So mm. <laughs> there's also the girl in another world stories, which is mm-hmm. I mean that's another like <laughs> giant, massive, complicated genre of that uh, was huge in the nineties. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. That's that's so good. That's my weakness too. I mean, if, it, if it's done well. Oh yeah. yeah, like like the thing about those is that they're basically fantasy stories, but the main character is automatically relatable because they're an ordinary, like yeah. you know, modern girl or modern person or whatever. Yeah. So you know, it's just kind of uh, and modern. The modern version of it is it's huge with boys being sucked into like a video game, like Isekai oh, yeah. the, in another world thing, which is like all late novels <laughs> kind of right now. Um, it, sometimes actually, it's another world, sometimes it's literally a video game, but most of them look like video games, whatever world mm-hmm. they're sucked into. Yeah. I actually, now that you mention it, there was this one that, there was this, like, girl gets sucked into another world, like, um, and it, it was called, like, From, from Far Away. Yes, Kanatakata. Yeah. Yeah, I picked it up in, like, a half-price books one day, and I was just like, oh, what's this? And it's like, very 90s style, but oh, it was like, sure. ugh, it was so good! Long-haired mm. fantasy Bichon, and it was super 90s. Actually, I know a lot of people who really loved that one. That one I didn't read. I personally kind of appreciated Red River, which is <laughs> <laughs> kind of like a girl brought to another world, except like, to the sacrificial altar to have her blood drunk by the evil queen. And like, it was, <laughs> oh, dude. It was the worst case scenario, being sucked yeah. to another world, and it was highly violent and highly sexual, and I'm like, I'm sort of here for this. <laughs> I mean, but Fushigi had always been. Fushigi and Escafloni were my two favorites. Escafloni well, yeah, was really Fushigi. not a shoujo, but. Um, I mean, Fushigi was like archetypal. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, and so yeah. good. even back in, when I was like 16 and really into it, uh, there were a lot of problems with it. Oh, for sure. But, I mean, it had like, tons of problems, but yeah, as an adventure yeah. series, yeah. like the adventure parts were awesome. Yeah, yeah. And, well, I mean, that's the thing. The, the, because the genre is basically fantasy with a relatable main character. It's all about who has a good fantasy world, who has a good cast of right. characters, how you present the information. You know, it's like it's, and it's, it's in the nineties they pushed that variety. really hard. Yeah, like because shoujo. If you think about the big shoujo in the eighties, mm-hmm. it was it was all modern stuff. It, a lot of it was please urban. Yeah, Sorry, like, that's not no no. Please save is a great example. Actually, first of all, that was a huge shoujo in the eighties. Second of all, it was modern day, but it was like we are the reincarnations of. You know, people, aliens who lived on the moon. Also, sorry, we're talking about 80s shoujo now, and now all I can think about is the new banana fish anime they're doing, which we're, we're so, <laughs> so excited, excited for! Wait, wait, what's banana fish? Oh, God! 
I'm just like, I'm too young for this, aren't you? Yes, I? you are too young. Actually, we're too I, we're, young we're almost too young for this. Um, it was... It was, so it has gone down in history as one of the most beloved shoujo by both genders in Japan. Really? When they do polls of like, what's your favorite manga of all time? Banana Fish was in the top five for like both men and women. It was actually a shoujo that ran in, I think she got on Flowers magazine. And while it was running, they said you could see grown men on the subway reading a magazine for teenage girls because they had to find out what happened in Banana Fish. It is about... New York street gangs fighting over a super drug. It is the most <laughs> 80s thing you will ever read. It is super gay. And, like, it, it's really, really hardcore and very violent. Like, it's not gory violent, but people get shot in the head and raped a lot in it. And, like, prison oh raped and stuff. And, but it's, it is so fucking good. But it never did well in the West. Partially because... It takes place in New York City, and it was written by someone who did not live in New York City, and <laughs> Americans reading it are like, this is a little bit silly. I actually think she captured it not too bad. I mean, she did the version of New York that you see on TV about, like, the super gangs and, like, you know, the crack yeah. epidemic and all this stuff. Um, and she, you know, <laughs> some some of the stuff that she did about interracial rela uh, relationships, I actually thought she did a pretty good job with that, but clearly it was very fictionalized. Um, but they go to, like, Cape Cod in that mm -hmm. comic, which blew my mind that anybody outside of America even knows what Cape Cod is. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but the main guy is from Cape Cod and had, like, didn't he have a happy childhood and then he went to New York and everything fell apart? So No, he didn't have a happy childhood. Well, I mean, up until about age five when the, when the mob got him. Because <laughs> he was, like, in the mob's clutches from a young age. But, like, I feel like before that. Didn't I he think have a brother? his dad was horrible. Or either oh, whoever, whatever male figure yeah. was taking care of him was horrible. It's been a while since I read the comics, so I yes. don't know. Regardless, it's, it is so it's a really good comic. Awesome, but it's never been adapted in anime form before. And in fact, I'm not even sure they did a live action because it was, I think partially because it was so beloved and maybe the creator didn't want to, but it was hard to imagine anybody doing it, doing that good a job with it because it is just, it's just, it's a manga. Everything about it is so manga. It doesn't have the flashy costumes. It doesn't have, you know. However, this anime that's coming out, the director of Free is working on it. Um, And there was somebody, it was like a, uh, what's the studio? It's like a really good animation studio doing it. And it's for like the 30th or somebody 40th Somebody involved with Yuri on Ice is on it. Was that the studio or was it somebody Maybe else? it was the studio that did okay. Yuri on Ice. But it basically it was a team that were like, oh shit, they might actually do a really good job. And there's a little bit of this 80s revival in Japan and here too, to a point, <laughs> with that style. So I think they're probably going to maintain what was so great about it. They had like a jazzy oh. song. The trailer <laughs> was just a teaser. We're like, oh, fuck, yes. They're all wearing like denim jackets. And, like... Well, yeah, I mean, if you look at the art book from it, they're all wearing like fishbone t-shirts and like, it's not as 80s as Cypher, which is the most 80s thing ever created where they're literally like, you know, wearing doing, one doing white the moonwalk. Like... Yeah, like doing the moonwalk in school and like all the side notes are about like the pet shop boys and like, that manga kid was like super into like eight, uh, 80s American music, but but the but Banana Fish is, is very much a product of its time, so you wouldn't want them updating it. But now feels like the time that 80s you can bring that back and it's seen as charming instead of just dated, you know. Mm -hmm. But yeah, if you want a good shoujo that will blow your fucking mind, Banana Fish. Oh god. All I'm so thinking much. is like it's a reverse Tokyo Demons. Like okay. Uh <laughs> It's strongly, it's strongly inspired. Tokyo, if you watch it, you'll be like, some of this definitely feels familiar. 
like, some of the drug stuff. description, I'm just like, yeah. Well, also, Miki was strongly inspired, but there's, like, a tiny, foul-mouthed gang leader in it. <laughs> like he's like an actual child wasn't he like 13 or something but there's yeah something... it's, it's different it, it's done differently no, no, it was it's tra- a different kind of thing yeah, but yeah. it's a, it's kind of a uh, you know yeah i'm gonna call it homage let's just call it an homage well Tokyo well, yeah, homage i'm not to saying a it's a rip off i'm just but... saying it's like you know yeah. <laughs> yeah no no but but the gang stuff in banana fish i really really liked mm-hmm. so I, I wanted to do kind of well, Togedemus is way more modern, but they that guy in particular stuck in my mind that, like, the tiny child being in charge of a gang, and I was like, well, I don't like him being an actual child. <laughs> like, that's too, too horrible. But some of the dynamics in there are just so good. Also super gay, so if you want something that's super gay. It's like the, the mild-mannered uh, photographer from Japan coming and getting caught up in the uh, yeah. American street gang. Yeah, that's the actual premise, that there's, like, this, uh, this beautiful gang leader who's like 17 or something who's been raised by the mob and now runs gangs and a it was like time magazine sends a japanese reporter and a japanese photographer to go interview him about the gang phenomenon in new york like for japanese time or something for a magazine <laughs> and that well the photographer is a couple years older than he is but not much he's still a teenager he was the assistant actually i think the other guy was the photographer. oh maybe yeah. yeah and they, they go and they interview this guy and and this and he's like hitting it off with this you know, guy who's about his age, the photographing assistant. And then something terrible happens in the bar. I can't remember something <laughs> that basically the this cute Japanese kid has to, like, get on the back of this guy's motorcycle and ride for their lives to get out of there. And it kind of goes downhill from there. So it's like this innocent guy who gets kind of pulled into this gang leader's crazy life. Meanwhile, there's this drug conspiracy on the street. Um, God, it's so good. Sorry, I'm thinking about how good it is. <laughs> But. Anyway, sorry, I totally derailed the conversation, wow, okay. too, because we were talking about, like, Girl in Another World stories and stuff, and we're Christ. just like, banana fish! But, you know, since that's in the news, I did want to say <laughs> yeah. something, because I was talking about it on Twitter, and a lot of people didn't really know what banana fish was, and, like, the answer is, yeah. you want to see this and well, read this. This is the thing, like, <laughs> they've been trying, they tried, like, three times to, to put that manga out. Like, in English, And yeah. it just never sold, because it's so 80s, and people did, didn't Always really... did well in Japan. Did yeah. Ta- did oh, not yeah. Do well not here. so well in English, that's the yeah. thing. It was just sort of hard to find it. It, it had trouble finding in the audience. It's just long enough that it's kind of a big uh, commitment to buy all those volumes. Yeah. It was coming out kind of before they started doing, like, the hardcover JoJo volumes and stuff yeah. like that, where they're taking some of these, like, you know, beloved but kind of classic show, uh, manga series and, and, and re-releasing them. Uh, and I just don't think that it ever had that much of a re- reputation in, in the English-speaking world. Not the way it did in Japan, at least, no. at all. But uh, Same I mean, with now, JoJo, though. Like, yeah, it's funny because exactly. it's, it's like, kind of like... Five, ten years ago, if you said JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, the average American would be like, what the fuck is that? And the average Japanese person is like, what do you mean, what's JoJo? There's like a hundred <laughs> volumes of it. It's been in Shonen Jump steadily since the 80s, hasn't it? It's Shonen Jump, isn't it? At least, I think, some of the series are. Because I remember getting mm-hmm. a copy of Shonen Jump 17 years ago in JoJo. A version of JoJo was running in it. And I'm pretty sure it's mm-hmm. still running in there. But, yeah, in the same way that JoJo wasn't a thing in the west until now banana fish if you tell that to a japanese person like what do you mean you don't know what banana fish is everybody knows what banana fish is yeah but i mean if they're doing an incredibly like high profile and hopefully awesome anime off of it then you know <sighs> oh god <laughs> my body is ready <laughs> <laughs> had a lot of similar appeal to akita but without the sci-fi <laughs> without the horrible blob monster that eats yeah. tokyo <laughs> 
But with that kind of 80s gang aesthetic. <laughs> and without any, like, blue children running around. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I actually have some, um, like, supernatural shoujo is, like, kind of, like, fantasy shoujo, you know? Oh, I yeah, really, yeah. I really love that, so. Mm. Yeah, thank you for bringing us back on track. Sorry. <laughs> I'm done. I'm yeah. Over. <laughs> um, I don't have think I've seen... ever watched a lot of fantasy shoujo. I don't think I've ever watched a lot of fantasy shoujo. A lot of them don't get animated. They're mostly manga version. Yeah, what what, what are you into, Leah, in that genre? Okay, so one really good one is, like, the story of Sankoku. And oh! that's, like, kind of... God, you're you know right. what I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah. Honestly, I that don't. one that one feels like it's right out of the '90s too. Like, but the thing is, like, but with that, with taking a lot of like the annoying edges off, like it feels like somebody who like watched Fushigi and was like, "Man, this main character sucks, but this story is really cool." Well, and like, you I, know, I feel more like let's replace all the action adventure with paperwork. <laughs> that too. Yeah, I I just I just really like it because it's like. It's in this, like, medieval, you know, Japanese-inspired I think it's Chinese world, isn't it? Yeah. Medieval Chinese? Some sort of, like... Yeah. I don't exactly know the exact country. I think it might have been a mishmash. Yeah, probably. Like, I read something about it, but I forgot what it said. Anyway, it's like that. But it's, like, got some fantasy elements to it, but it's not overtly known in the actual world. And, like, you have, like, all these really pretty men who, like, surround this, like girl but she's like i don't have time for all these pretty men like we can be buddies but i have this thing that i want to do i'll be like a government official and it's like amazing <laughs> yeah <laughs> sorry it's just true it is like all the action there's a lot of place with paperwork but that i think doesn't that it opens with she's gonna be the beard wife of a gay emperor that was i think the, the, that was the yeah, first like premise. the concubine yeah. or something yeah that's yeah. like there's like a, a story to that too and like but it's so good because like the guy, the relationships are really good, like, with the they girl are. and, like, the, yeah. all the guys they, that, like, befriend her and, like, they have their own lives and she has her life and they're, like, actually, like, get along and, like, yeah, there's, like, very little tox toxic relationships in there, like, that aren't, like, actually plot relevant, you know? Yeah. Do you guys watch Yona of the Dawn? You know, that's what I was thinking of. I was getting the mix yes, up in my head for yes, a minute, but Yona of the Dawn yes. is the one that's, like, right out of the 90s, yes. like, more than anything. But it's modern, which is weird, because it does feel super 90s. <laughs> but no, I, I love agree that one, you. too, though. Yeah, mm -hmm. that one's kind of like Fushigugi with a lot of the annoying parts taken out. Mm, and some of yeah. these are kind of the product of the time, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, shoujo is really quite sexist, because the world is quite sexist. It has taken a long time to evolve. Um, I feel like in the 90s, the girls had backbones, but they were really stupid. Well, a lot of times the plot worked against them. Yes, In a way too. that, like, mm -hmm. like they would they would want to stand up for themselves, but the plot wouldn't let them, and then they'd yeah. have to get rescued, or, you know, like, like that kind yeah. of a thing. Yeah. And then, in the 2000s, they became dish rags. Like, they, they were kind uh. of, like, hot underwear models would be mean to them, like, in high school settings. And I feel like after, like, I didn't like a lot of the shoujo in the 2000s. I thought most of them were garbage. But if you move now into sort of like 2010 plus, I really like a lot of the shoujo that's coming out now. You're seeing kind of a mishmash of it. The girls are better developed. Their relationship with the men are mm -hmm. less toxic. Um, yeah. They just, it feels like they're kind of taking the girls a little bit more seriously. And I know you brought up Skip Beat. And Skip Beat is such a singular comic. It's hard <laughs> to like really compare to it a lot. But sort of the layers of the shit that Kyoko has to work through 
is so interesting and mm-hmm. is absolutely not something you would have seen in the 90s. With the one exception being maybe Tokyo Crazy Paradise, yeah, know, which was the, the series that she did before. <laughs> like if if, Skip if, me. if anything, uh, what's her name? Sukasa, I think, or Su. Oh Su- yeah, the, Sukasa, the main I the main girl in, in Tokyo, Tokyo Crazy, Crazy Paradise. Paradise who uh, dresses as a boy to be a bodyguard of the yakuza guy who she's secretly in love with. So like, no, he was in love with her. They're okay. Well, they you know they're they're hey they have sexual tension whatever. Yeah. Uh, but regardless, like you know she's like the most badass shoujo heroine ever. Pretty much, you know, in terms of like whipping yakuza with a chain, kind of. <laughs> a lot of that, yeah. Well, and I yeah, feel like I really yeah. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, like, I really liked the character development of Yona because it's just mm-hmm. like it's actually what I want to see in my mm-hmm. fiction when I see like female ma- main characters, you know. Yeah. Especially in that, like, kind of feudal fantasy setting, which is like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I totally agree. <laughs> I think we're seeing. You know, I'd heard somebody say recently that we're kind of in another golden era of anime, that there's a lot of really excellent shows hitting the airwaves. And it's not like I've watched a hell of a lot of anime the last five years, but there's definitely a really interesting variety that's Mm. hitting, right? Because it used to be that the only shoujo that got animated were the love stories, the high school love stories. You'd get, like, Fushigi Yugi was kind Mm. of important for its time because they'd never really aired something like that on like prime i don't remember if it was prime time but i remember mm-hmm. when shigigi went on tv and it did really well people were like whoa this is like new yeah because before that they'd had some like ovas for things like basada which is another amazing shoujo yeah, uh we talked about basada a lot yeah, it is yeah. one of the greatest shoujo of all time uh but like you know and, and please save Marth had that miniseries yes it had an ova yeah Yeah. but like yeah they they would have ovas they wouldn't have full-blown series and then the stuff that was on tv was like boys over flowers or it was like every year they'd have one big romance like kodocha was another one Mm -hmm. even though that's i mean it's a romance but it's really about that one was almost more of a family family comedy comedy, than anything else you know um but now you get like first of all the number of high school romances all of a sudden it was like say i love you and we were here and like my love story and all these things that were kind of like you'd be like oh there's like three shoujo uh high school love stories <laughs> but then you'd also have things like yona of the dawn and snow white with the red hair and and oh yeah yeah and and the uh and and boys love started slipping in too and then you would get a variety it wasn't just um nakamoto sensei who does Junjo and World's Greatest First Love and Hybrid Child and like <laughs> 90,000 boys with the same face. The same trapezoid head. <laughs> but for a while it was just her, but now you get things like the, was it Hitojime My Hero? Yeah, Hitojime yeah. My Hero. That's the one. Um, Love Stage, which was actually like weirdly charming. That was another celeb story. Um, yeah, just there's kind of stuff. There's a, there's a nice variety out there. <laughs> it, Princess Jellyfish? But that's oh, really a Jose. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, everybody loves that one. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I feel like we are sort of also getting a lot more of these real hits that are kind of like mm-hmm. top of their... I mean, again, Yuri on Ice we've talked about, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but I think, you know, Princess Jellyfish is another one where if you want to talk about, like, a story about female nerds, yeah. a story about, like, you know, a Jose, mm. like, this is like top of the top of the top. Oh, Descending Stories got animated? The, I forget the name of the Japanese, it's like Rako and something. I think that's another Jose. Looks like, uh, like, the covers really look Fumiyoshi Naga, but they're not. Okay. Yeah, but that got animated. <laughs> there was like a, 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 Aka? Was that the name of it? Aka, the Natsume Ono series? Aka oh. 13? Uh, I can't remember the name. I know what you're talking about. Though. Yeah, these. I don't know if yeah. that counts as a show. She she works in a lot of genres, but mm-hmm. yeah, there's a bunch of these things that 
God, they never would have animated this 20 years ago. Are you kidding? <laughs> if it wasn't like the number one, you know, high school romance that ran in Margaret or Ribbon. I mean, you'd get like Kamikaze Kaito Gent, uh, Phantom Thief Jean. Uh, but that yeah, was well, like Sailor Moon. Yeah, they yeah. would get they would get the the uh, what do you call it the the magical girl magical stuff, girl and series, then you yeah. get the one romance, and that right. was like it. Now we get we have so much choice. <laughs> it's it's delightful. <laughs> Meanwhile, boys get... is <laughs> boys mostly just get isekai and boob series. <laughs> oh, they get like all the shonen too. I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, it's true. I mean, Fumi, uh, not Fumi Shinaga. You want to say shonen? I think that got animated, didn't it? Arata. Maybe? Yeah. I don't know. I She's worked in like a million yeah. genres too. Do not read her boy's love, Sakuragari. Do not read that <laughs> horrifying comic. It's you want to say to her most messed up. The art is amazing. The story made me kind of want to vomit and I I don't uh I don't scare easy, but I was just like, this is gross, everything is gross, stop. She's worked in a lot of <laughs> genres, but I did not like her work in boys love. <laughs> <sighs> Anyways. Okay. Well we can end shortly, but any more supernatural tropes? You know what? Let's move into before we close. Um, since you guys are both working on shoujo's series right now, essentially, I'd like to hear from each of you quickly. What is it that you want to capture the most, and what you want to avoid in what you're working on specifically? And Leah, I think I might start with you. Okay. Um, what I want to capture the most, the one, the what's the story that I'm working on right now. I have a very clear, like, if it was an anime, you know, because, you know, I can dream. <laughs> the aesthetic I have in mind for, like, you know, the lighting and the colors and, like, the characters and how they interact and, like, you know? Yeah. It's, like, kind of a mix of, like, a Ghibli movie, like, Spirited Away or, like, Kiki's Delivery Service. Mm-hmm. But also, like, Natsume's Book of Friends. Oh, God. Another great shoujo. Continue. Yeah, so I have that in mind, and... The story has changed a lot, like, and how the characters kind of interact and stuff, but that's always just been, like, very clear for me. I don't want it to be, like, super high drama, super emotionally draining, you know what I mean? Right. Like, whimsical? Yeah, like, kind of whimsical, like, there, of course it's gonna be, like, you know, there's gonna be backstory, it's gonna be deep, like, characters are gonna get hurt, because, you know. But, you know, not nothing, like like exhausting like there are some stories that just leave you like emotionally exhausted mm-hmm. mm. but like when you when i watch when i personally when i watch like a studio ghibli movie or like you know not so many book of friends like i feel emotionally fulfilled after that yeah kaiju talked about this wasn't that they had there's a genre they call it healing like shows mm. that are healing that you watch them to feel good like well, I feel, feel like better. both of those, yeah, they they fit into that. You know, yeah, I think I've heard of that. Yeah, <laughs> the ju- wasn't there one called like Flying Witch that's supposed to be in there? Flying Witch, something like that. I remember uh, that manga Aria, Aria being talked about that way. Which, yeah, again, that's a comic where like it has really beautiful backgrounds and nothing much happens. <laughs> uh, but you know, it's interesting because I feel like <clears throat> you know, not to put words in Eureka's mouth, but uh, uh, we're about to. Like, we talk about her take on on this broad genre, which is sort of gritty and mean and emotionally, you know, just hits you in the face and you talk with delight about hurting your characters. <laughs> you know, this is such a broad genre where you can have something that is like this kind of, like, positive, healing, happy kind of 
I mean, again, it's not going to be totally happy, but the idea that something no, like no, kind yeah. of soothing, soothing, and you know, yeah. Natsume, one of our good friends, it's her go to bed show. <laughs> yeah, she watches Natsume bef- um, yeah. before before bed, and then every once in a while, they have a horrible cliffhanger, and, and it's, it's like, like jarring and upsetting. Yeah, I felt that oh, way. Oh yeah, about three like I definitely cried over episodes of Natsume. Like seriously, oh god, well every episode of Natsume, and again, I I really like Natsume. Don't get me wrong, but it's always like, oh. This yokai has, like, a sad past tied to some, like, terrible little object that makes you really depressed for them. And they have to accept that the person they loved is long dead. And, like, it's just... (laughs) But that's not every episode, just, like, every other episode. Oh, yeah, just every other episode. (laughs) (sighs) That's a lot. (laughs) Yeah, like, don't get me wrong, I love, like, I'm a sucker for, like, Stories that like punch me in the face with feels and make me mm-hmm. cry. Yurika knows this, mm-hmm. but that's just not, not not the kind of story I wanted this to be. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh yeah, oh, yeah, that's great. You need a balance. Mm-hmm. So yeah. speaking from the other side of the table, <laughs> Yurika, talk about magical yeah. how and your goals for that a little bit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just my aim for magical how is just I want it to just be enjoyed by everyone and. Basically, I just, I want it, I still want it to be funny and mm. lighthearted, but I also want the drama. Yeah. Mm. I, I, I feel like that's very important to me for some reason, like, to have development and drama to just push the characters. Because mm-hmm. mm. I, I can't stand just leaving my characters hanging in the same, in the same level or, like, just stagnant, you know, in their development. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But and I really, because of that, I really want to avoid like really bad plot lines, really bad, uh, really bad. How, how should I say this? Really bad uh, execution mm-hmm. of issues that could potentially be brought up in the comic. Mm. Because that's I just I want to avoid just giving people the wrong idea of an issue that I may or may not be very sure of, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, I have to be really careful about it, but at the same time, I'm like, I want to talk about this. Mm. Well, you know, the the serialization online, you're getting now um, to the point where, you know, this is a slight spoiler, but people, you know, if they're caught up, they would know this. Gabe and, and Booker's relationship in high school, which is extremely uncomfortable, where why the hell did Booker let this guy back into his life? And I really, really liked how you did that because that is an art like that is a dynamic that I see almost never. And yeah. Rebecca was talking about the people who are constantly forgiving, constantly putting up with stuff and that martyrdom and like your purity. Booker is like the farthest you could get away from that, but finds himself in a very similar situation where it's mm-hmm. like he puts up with something really terrible happened between them and Booker kind of took Gabe back, sort of, saying, I think I want to be better than this. I don't want to hold a grudge. I don't want to be that person, even though most people would say, you're crazy for, like, taking this guy in. Mm-hmm. But you're actually dealing you're with dealing it. You're dealing with you're it, not, yeah. Because like, the end of the story is not Booker being all like, oh, well, I can forgive. The end of the story is not even happened yet. And also, and- <laughs> from Gabe's side, when we were, when we were talking earlier about these terrible people being with, like, enablers, Gabe is recognizing mm-hmm. 
and this is like, I'm not going to go into this because some of this is only if you've read the magazine, but like Gabe is starting to recognize some stuff about himself and there's elements of his story that we don't know yet because it's mostly be the Booker's point of view. And there's like some curveballs coming up that when you sent me the <laughs> thumbs, I was like, oh my God, I literally like made a, a noise. When something happened to Gabe, there was a part, I cannot, it's a spoiler, so I can't yeah. say it, but I was just like, oh, oh God, you're making good work. Let's just say that all of the staff involved in, in Magical Have and Sparkler have been watching the comments and laughing really hard at yeah. everyone's reaction yeah. as they swing back and forth between deciding if they forgive Gabe or if they hate him forever. And yeah. like, it's really and like all the essay, like the comments are that are just like essays dissecting Gabe's character like yeah. over the series is just like, <laughs> right. I'll just leave Yuri a message being like, yes, yes, good, keep hurting them. Mm. <laughs> well, I actually think there's been you know, there's been really interesting speculation and discussion about that because you don't have that much information on Gabe yet. And no, people are speculating no. wildly on it, but I really <laughs> like some of their trains of thought. Do you read yeah. those, Eureka? You do, don't you? Yeah, I, I do, but um, majority of the time I'm like, ha, not even close. <laughs> <laughs> or, and some of them are like, yeah, that's a good observation, but mm. wait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because... Because I really wanted, I really like when I was when I was developing Magical How. I know that I really wanted a complicated relationship between Gabe and Booker, mm. because oh, God. usually a lot of the time you see two main characters, best friends, best buds. Like, yeah, man, let's go do this together. Yeah. And then you have, note they have the trope of where like they're like they have and then they never be friends again but then oh no something bad something bad happens and then they go back to each other you know that's what's <laughs> kind of happening and right then they now. have the they have the bro fist in the sunset reaffirming <laughs> their friendship yeah i mean that's the that's the that's basically what is happening right now in metrical how like with booker and gabe at first they look like friends but then you know obviously like gabe acts like a dick towards booker by choosing the gleam team and then, you know, they kind of, like, just stop being friends for a while. In fact, like, from Booker's point of view, he is just being all like, oh, he was never my friend, you know, kind of <laughs> deal. Also, so it's, being in a fight yeah. with somebody you live with is, like, the fucking worst. Mm -hmm. And I like how you mm -hmm. capture And also Hal being stuck between them. And you can just Hal is, like, who started off really cocky and he's just getting more and more downtrodden as the series goes on where he's like, I am not handling this well. These boys are going to die at the hands of, like, a fucking, like, mushroom with eyes because, like, I cannot... I cannot mediate them. This is a deep-seated problem and Gabe is not training and Booker is not listening and they're both walking into danger. I'm going to get kicked out of fairy school or whatever. But, yeah, so it's, like... It's actually a really fun to have Gabe and Booker fight, you know? Right. <laughs> it is so because great. it's also, like, with Gabe, it's kind of delving into a mindset that I've never really been in before, mm -hmm. you know? Because it's in a mindset of where it's like, you're the bully, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't want to think that they're, they're the bully, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean... I'm sure at one point in all of our lives, we have been a bully of some sort, whether we realize it or not. Right. And with Gabe, he is kind of like, he's he realizes it, but he was in denial kind of deal, you know, in a way. Mm -hmm. And I think for Gabe, it's really, it's going to be an important step for him to, like, when he recognizes it. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Oh, it yeah. Is, like, when, when those thumbs came in, I showed them really excitedly to Becca. I was like, this shit escalates really quickly. And and I think, actually, in the issue that this comes out with, there's the next chunk with, like, because shit is hitting the fan really hard in Magical yeah. How. Um, <laughs> and the, the stuff that's, like, coming out right now is so good. And I know the fandom is, like, you have a very robust, you know, engaged fandom. I think they're gonna, like, lose their shit. <laughs> sort of, because, yes. like, as a professional working on it, I lost my shit while I was reading. I'm like, oh god, it's so good! Uh, and and the the emotions are tortuous. And, and, and also just the art, too. Your art is really excellent. And the way that you, mm -hmm. like, not everybody does, like, action and suspense that well. Um, in terms of art. You are very good at it. Even though you're, you know, you look at your art and it's got kind of that cartoony feel and people might not think of it as being, you know, an action series, right? It's mostly people talking. But like when you've got to do, when you've got to do the like abandoned warehouse scenes, like, like <laughs> they are great, Eureka. So uh, people are really going to like that. It, it, it's like Sailor Moon on the dark episodes, you know, where somebody's <laughs> trapped in an elevator with somebody else and it's on fire, which is always like my favorite episode of Sailor Moon. <laughs> Like, you you really nailed the aesthetic of that without it feeling out of place in Magical Hour. It's just, it's like the modern darkness where, you know, things are kind of escalating and, you know, Booker is useless. <laughs> like, he doesn't have any powers. <laughs> he he's, I mean, can run. especially fun, you know? Yeah. The oh, yeah. Original idea, well, not original, original, but, like, when I was still developing, like, that part... I actually wanted Booker to just go without any powers, you know, and mm. like just from the get go, like just not at all. Because I thought like, hey, what if Booker ends up fucking himself over by getting into a situation where he literally has to fight based using on his wits mm. and his mindset. But then, you know, I have to rethink and rethink and then, you know, like what I have now is probably a lot better. And it also probably, like, will cause a lot more uh, problems for Hal, let's just say. <laughs> yeah, no, I actually really like how you've balanced that. Yeah, because all of us know that Booker, from in the first chapter, he did not want to be a magical. Mm. Mm -hmm. No, because it was a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. But and he's like, I mean, what are you doing? <laughs> I mean, he's not going to trust some random golf ball, like... <laughs> With a bracelet, and he's like, "Hey, want to be magical?" <laughs> and then like, there's no details, so he's like, "No." But Gabe's like, like "Yeah." <laughs> and yet, at this point, it's funny because Hal's a lot closer to Booker than he is to Gabe. I mean, that part where mm -hmm. he was oh yeah, they had snuggling like, in his the, jacket. The cute, yeah. That was so yeah. cute. <laughs> yeah, that was just pure fan service right there. Oh yeah, but well, it's not it like works. he nuzzled into his pants. I mean, like that would be a little, that would be that's not okay. That kind of fan. That's service. not the that's not fan. If he's a golf ball, that's not fan, fan service fan for anyone. Disservice. I mean, okay, let's be fair. Somebody has that as a fetish, but no one I know. <laughs> the floating golf ball. Actually, that's another great thing in the back of the book. You have like the different oh, versions of human legs. Hal, and it's just like one of them. He just has legs. It's still a golf ball. <laughs> about that but i didn't want to get on the podcast and just start laughing and then he has legs because it doesn't make any sense without the picture yeah you guys will see it when the book comes out yeah. oh and another thing since we're promoting magical how um eureka has thumbnailed the cherry bomb story <laughs> and it is a filthy delight it is a plus smut. i'm extremely proud of you 
sometimes with Cherry Bomb, it, you don't really know what you're going to get because different people have different opinions on this, you know, and some people write better smut than others, but yours is... I mean, I'm really proud of the Cherry Bomb on by the end of it, but I thought maybe I'd have more editorial notes for you I, instead of just like, wow, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for the Cherry Bomb, it's just pure fan service, so I just went all out on the fan service. Yeah, you, oh. you went for it. It's yeah. good. For you Considering I don't draw smut that often, I was like, oh. Wow, well, you nailed it. Yeah, so You're giving the fans what they want, which yeah. is Booker. A lot of Booker. A lot of Booker. <laughs> All I'm going to say is that I got that message with the with the cover where his crotch is being covered by the logo when I was at dinner with my parents. So. <laughs> I'm oh so my. sorry about that. <laughs> it's okay. I just started cackle laughing and then quickly put my phone away. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's going on? It's like, oh, just something from work. Something from work. It's something from glittery work. crotch. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. That's. Uh... I mean, no lie. I had a lot of fun drawing that. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and it, the final version. I'm, I'm really excited because we've actually never really done a physical cherry bomb release. I mean, we did some pinups, like prints with um, Gauntlet back in the day, but uh, we've never done like a Duchinchi the way that this one is going to be. So I'm really yeah. excited. It's going to be bound. I think perfect bound and professionally made. Yeah, like and and having just well because you did the cover and it's like the cover was not nearly discreet enough. That's like the internal cover. The external <laughs> cover is gonna be like all pink with like an eighteen plus stamp on it or something because or seventeen plus rather because some of these things are shipping overseas. <laughs> um, but the filthy cover is right on the inside when you open it up. And honestly, a lot of doujinshi are like that too. They'll have the kind of tame version of the cover and then you open it up, you're like, wow, okay. But yeah, you know, I mean, I think it's pretty clear that part of what we all like about Magical How is the fact that you are definitely taking these tropes and deciding which ones are the good ones and which ones are the bad ones yeah. and very deliberately changing the bad ones to make them way more interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although I can at least say I'm very happy with Chapter 6 because at first I wanted the, the actual villain to pop up around here, like the first time. But then that's when I decided, like, hey, maybe I should just introduce him a little bit when Gabe is with the Gleam team at that concert. Mm. You know? Yeah, because that was then good. It's like, then it's like, hey, look out for this guy. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I like how you were doing a promotion on Twitter where it's like, here's a new hottie with dead eyes. This is definitely <laughs> the bad guy with, the, like, the really <laughs> creepy blue eyes. <laughs> oh. I dig it. I dig it, Eureka. All I can say is to my to to my readers is that it's gonna get really fucked up. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. I just I like making things all fucked up. I mean, that's the kind of thing that you write, you know, like. And yeah, and you know, honestly, like, in I mean, this is this is you know not even really a genre thing, but like a story that can start out kind of carefree and funny. And then just kind of goes there with the fucked upness. There's yeah. something really, really strong about that. Because first of all, you take people by surprise. Because yeah. they think they know what they're reading. But all of a sudden, like, you just go for the emotional complication. And you go for the, the emotional depth. And, you know, you, you don't shy away from making things, you know, scary or messed up or anything like that. Right. And the the contrast with just like, yeah, I'm a magical boy or girl. And this is my my magical dress and I'm going to fight a and then all of a sudden it's like, what? What's going on? Holy shit. And now this little ladybug is trying to kill me. Mm. Yeah. But, you know, like, like you just, the fact that you kind of, like, play with what people's expectations are going to be, that, that yeah. it kind of, it makes mm -hmm. the scary stuff even scarier, you know? Yeah, because it's, it's, it's kind immersive. Of, yeah. And then, and then things escalate. I always <laughs> like that, too. Something that kind mm -hmm. of comfortably 
gets worse instead of being because you know and i think also i mean i I really don't like grimdark yeah Um, i never have but the stuff that can have kind of a sense of humor about it Mm -hmm. that's that's part of the reason why i like magical house so much is because it's it's dark it's messed up but it is like funny and it, it, it has its light moments for sure, like Becca said, and the premise was kind of, like, jokey. Mm-hmm. But even when things are, like, there's bad stuff that's happening to Gabe and it's just, or sorry, happening to Booker. And Booker just kind of, like, making snarky jokes about it while he's, like, in really bad day. And I'm like, oh, I love it. It's great. <laughs> you know, it keeps it from being so serious, you know, like. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, like, like, like you were saying, like, the stories that take themselves too seriously. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons I've never really been into vampire stuff, because most of the time it takes itself so damn seriously. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> I'm not a big vampire person either. I've made an exception for Vampire Night, but... Mm. Also, you have to turn your brain off in that one for the first couple chapters are so horrifically bad. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like, the opening five pages of that comic are, like, unreadable so and terrible. Yeah. And, of course, I I think the, like opening volume of naruto is unreadable there's a lot of stuff i think is unreadable at the beginning and when it comes to manga it's all serialized so it's like of course the beginning is the weakest yeah (laughs) yeah naruto's well i never liked naruto but the beginning was especially but like i had to well i was reading it for work i had to i'm not gonna digress too much but i did once have to go through about 26 volumes of naruto and figure out which volumes and page numbers had the sexy nojitsu or whatever it was the called. Librarian was the librarian was complaining. So it was like, every time there were boobs, I had to, like, tell this lady. So, you, you know. had to read that much Naruto, you poor thing. I skimmed it, you know. <laughs> whatever. I'm, a, I'm an anti Sorry, that's really person. off the Sorry. off topic. We're not talking about shit. <laughs> this is not a shonen podcast. No. It's another day. Maybe on another podcast can talk about shonen. Yeah, we'll talk about mm-hmm. shonen later, but anyways, uh, you know. Okay, that's great. Well, thank you so much, guys, mm. for giving us your creative insight into this stuff. Mm. Reminded me of a lot of... I want to see more Yona. I didn't watch much of that, but mm. I can't wait to read more Magical How, but I always get the thumbnails before everybody else. So I'm already spoiled in that respect. Oh, yeah, we're the, we're the most, most spoiled. spoiled. People just send us art and oh, pages, so and it's amazing. <laughs> but I'm also really looking forward to what you write, Leah, because when you did that editorial speed date podcast, that story sounded fucking great. And mm. I'm a little bit... I like the really messed up stories, so I'm a little bit pickier about my the, the whimsical stuff, but yours sounded right up my alley. Uh, same thing about oh, Natsume. Okay, great. Yeah, Natsume is kind of an exception. Like, I didn't like Mushishi and stuff that were, you know, I like Ghibli stuff okay, but it's I'm not really the target market for it. But mm. Natsume, I fucking love that series, and I have a feeling mm. I'm gonna fucking love what you do because it's got a lot of good stuff. Well, the thing is, Natsume is the shoujo version. It's like yeah. that in terms of theme and, uh, you know, execution and stuff like that, but it's got more interpersonal stuff and more emotion to it than a lot of yeah, other yeah. stuff, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, I, I enjoy a Ghibli movie as much as anybody, but I'm not gonna say that I'm in it for the relationships, really. <laughs> There's not no. usually, you know, the, the relationships between people and those are usually pretty simplistic. Yeah. Well, they only got two hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But, you know, I'm just saying. Well, we look forward to it, Leah. And, of course, <laughs> we look forward to all the horrifying, awesome happenings. Yes, please hurt, please hurt Booker some more for all of us. Mm, good. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Booker would, would, won't be the only one getting hurt. They will always be Gabe oh, yeah. and Hal. Oh, yeah, they're all going to get hurt. But, you know, Booker's kind Hal of like... Hal especially. Like, might as well yeah. just draw a target on all of their, all their chests. Cause yeah. <laughs> Probably Hal more, because I'm going to give Hal some development. And everyone's going to feel so bad for him that they're going to cry and never come out of their beds. Oh, oh my god. god. Excellent. Just share my target in-house chest here. <laughs> the purple chest. The purple chest. 
Yes. Good luck, guys. Um, thank you, everyone, for joining us. We'll talk to you next month. But until then, enjoy or hate your shorter tropes. <laughs> Bye. Bye.